Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Tuesday. It's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing. I'm back. I had a long layoff, but lots to get into. I'm going to talk about the DeAndre Hopkins situation in the NFL. We're going to talk about the Yankees and the Mets. Both teams are in first place. Are both teams sustainable? We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. The Celtics have just evened the series with the Bucks. Grizzlies, Warriors going at it right now. I'm going to talk about the Lakers in full detail. And then the greatest segment on the planet is back. Dummy of the week. So let's just jump right into it. There's no need to even try to get into a spiel on this. DeAndre Hopkins test positive for PDs. He's suspended for six games. Came out with a press release saying that, you know, he takes care of his body. He does uh, due diligence in what he puts in his body, and he doesn't understand how this happened. Obviously, he didn't do it, you know, well enough. He didn't check all the, the boxes well enough, and this happened back in November. And, you know, he sounds in, in good spirits or whatever. He sounds contrite. Um, and we'll see him in six games, right? That's not the part to me that's troublesome. Not even the fact that he took PDs bothers me. It's not the fact that people are criticizing him or not criticizing him for what happened. There's an underlining issue here that nobody's really talking about. It's the fact that DeAndre Hopkins, as great as a wide receiver he is, he's a warrior. He plays through pain. He he plays through injury. But there might be a level of breakdown here with a great athlete. Over the years, he's had ankle problems or ankle injuries and back injuries and this and that. And at some point, it gets to be enough where it's like, yo, I may need something to kind of get me back on the field, kind of get me back feeling like myself. So maybe I will take this PED. Maybe I will take this this substance that I've never tried but I heard great things about. People do that when you're desperate to feel better. It's kind of like what 
addicts go through sometimes where they'll just try any substance to make the pain go away. You've heard that. So it's no different for athletes. Obviously, it's it's a different level. But these dudes are in pain. These dudes are trying to get back to a level where they can be productive on the field. Him signing that big contract with the Cardinals is a very big deal because that cracked the door open for all of these big contracts we're seeing. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. This is what we're seeing now because DeAndre was the one that cracked that, that seal. But what a lot of people don't talk about with athletes is that when they get that big contract, they feel a lot more pressure to try these things and take these risks just to get back on the field or to make sure that their performance is at an all-time high level to warrant that contract that they got. Alex Rodriguez did it. Others did it. So it's multi-layered here that I see an athlete that might be desperate to maintain his status as a great receiver, one. But I also see a guy that might be really, really in pain and breakdown physically, and he's trying to get back that way, too. So there's a lot of stuff that nobody's really talking about, but I'm going to talk about it here. I don't fault DeAndre Hopkins for doing it. I welcome that because if he's trying to maintain his livelihood and trying to get some years on the back end, do what you got to do. Because at the end of the day, the Cardinals, if they feel you're not productive, they will cut you, right? So that guaranteed money that you got, you'll get that. But all the other money that's out there that's floating around in football heaven, they'll keep that. And as a football player, as guys that are fighting for every dollar, you're not trying to give any of that money back. So you're going to do whatever you can do to get back on the field. So kudos to him. Shouts to him for actually manning up and talking about it. But do I blame him? No. But do I see a player that's in decline physically? Yeah, I do. And it concerns me for other guys because the bigger that contract gets, the more tempting those particular things, those outside substances become. It's a slippery slope. It really is. And if I was an athlete, I'd do it too. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and try to go, oh, nah. No, I would never. My my dignity and my pride and the way I grew up will force me not to do. Nah, bullshit. I'm not going to be one of those dudes. If I got the contract, if I'm making that money and I'm trying to stay on top of the game, you damn right I'm going to try it. Just to see if I can be able to get an edge. Yeah. Because that's what we are as human beings. We're always trying to figure out how to get the edge, how to maintain, how to keep that level of dominance, how to keep your spot. That's all right. So I want to see how DeAndre comes back from this. If he comes back from the suspension, ready to go in week seven, week eight, 
and we see the same guy, then maybe he wasn't in decline. But if we start to see that productivity start to slow down, people are going to realize that he took that stuff maybe for a reason. You see what they did? They picked up Hollywood Brown, so they understand that eh, maybe we need another dynamic playmaker on the outside. Because DeAndre might be in decline and we need some help for him. We need some help for ourselves. We need some help for our immature baby quarterback. Need more weapons for him. Because he likes to delete people off Instagram and Twitter. That's what these kids do nowadays when they're upset. Instead of talking it out, they want to they delete you off my MySpace friends. Like, come on, man. What, what are you doing? That's another topic for another day. But... DeAndre Hopkins, kudos to my man. I respect you. I understand the struggle. I understand what you're going through. And I can't wait to get you back week seven, week eight, because you know I'm going to pick you in fantasy. You money every season. And I know I'm about to win some more money because of you. Coming up after the break, NBA playoffs. We've got the Bucks and the Celtics, Grizzlies and Warriors going at it. On a Tuesday night, it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, listen. Shout out to the All Even podcast. My oh, man he, Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, 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 What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast. Yeah, my nigga, the joint. What's up? Oh, even. Oh, even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this on something. Oh, even. Yo, you, oh my God, what's up with you, man? Now you got well, that's a shot of you keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all even podcast, right? Yeah, all shout even. Shout out to all even podcast, right? Yeah. All even? Uh, that's your man? My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. He cool? 100%. He cool. Is he? he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. Is he? Oh, what is it, Gigi? Oh. I said what, Gigi? Oh. Oh. Ah. Ah. Cool, man. Welcome back, y'all. So, the Celtics blow the doors off the Bucks in Game 2, 109-86. to Jalen Brown had, what, 25 in the first half. He was, he was hot. Celtics were knocking down everything. Bucks couldn't figure anything out. You know, <laughs> Jalen Brown made Grayson Allen touch earth <laughs> and then smiled at Brown like, hey, you got me. You got me there, bud. <laughs> of course he got you. You over here touching asphalt, getting mad dirt on your jersey. <laughs> Trying to guard an all-star. What's wrong with you, babe? What's wrong with you? You're an embarrassment at Duke University. You're an embarrassment. All right? I'm going to forget that you went to Duke. I'm going to forget it. But, you know, can the Bucks be able to rally and figure it out? This is going to be a knockdown dragout series. You know, you got the Celtics, who are a great defensive team. Uh, they know how to isolate guys. I think they're going to allow Giannis to do what Giannis does. You know, get your big numbers, your 35 and your 17 rebounds. But everybody else is going to be in a box. And the fact that Chris Middleton is not around, that's a big, big blow for the Bucks. You know, Chris Middleton is a guy that can be able to take over a game himself when Giannis is not having a good night, or if Giannis is on the bench, Middleton can be that number one guy and hold you down for a quarter or two. But the fact that you don't have him now, you got to rely on other guys. You got to rely on scoring by committee. 
and they've been doing that all season. A lot of guys have contributed, but now you're trying to put Bobby Portis in a role of that that Chris Middleton. It's, it's not going to happen. So, you know, you got Coach Budenholzer, who's a championship coach now, but is he the guy to be able to make adjustments? Eh, eh. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. And he's never made adjustments before. And his old ass ain't going to start now. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, the Celtics had a great game plan. Like I said, Jalen Brown, he can be able to really get busy in this series without a Chris Middleton around. So I think the Celtics have the advantage. But will they win? We're going to see. We're going to see how game three pans out because – it's definitely going to be interesting. You got the bus going back home now for games three and four. So it's going to be a real barn burner. That place gets loud. It's one of the loudest buildings in the NBA. That crowd is phenomenal. They support their team. They're behind their team. So it's going to be tough for the for the Celtics to get two in that building. They may get a split or they may lose two. So we'll see. Now on to the big time matchup that everybody's talking about. We got Grizzlies and Warriors. Warriors win a nail-biter in game one they're having another close game right now Grizzlies are up 56 to 51 at halftime uh Klay Thompson has 10 points Steph Curry has 15 on 6 to 12 shooting you got Jordan Poole 3 of 7 shooting 8 points so he's not lighting the world on fire today right now you know he he does have the tendency to get smoking hot so we'll see what happens but for the Grizzlies John Moran's hot 7 for 12 for the field 23 points so he's doing what he has to do and dominate the point guard position. The point guard, what I call him, uh, Jalen Jackson, he has 12 points. You know, the fact that they have Dylan Brooks not in the game this game because he got ejected early, that, that hurts them. But everybody else has to step up. So, you know, we'll see what happens, man. But this series is very interesting because you have two high-octane offenses. You have two great point guards. You have... A, a great supporting cast you got good bench you got good coaching on both sides although I give Memphis the nod I, I love Taylor Jenkins I think he's a, a great young coach so shouts to him you know we all know Steve Kerr does uh, whatever whatever but um this this definitely is a series that I'm really interested in seeing I, I think that the Grizzlies are the better team do I think that the Grizzlies will win the series well, it all depends on how they play, how they are able to adjust quarter to quarter. They are the better team, but we're going to see how that goes, man. John Moran is really going to have to play on both sides of the court, and they're going to have to make sure that they keep Jordan Poole in check. The kid is, is having a phenomenal season. He's having a good playoff so far. So if you can be able to you know, hold the third splash brother down, I think you'd have a chance to really uh, – you know, put a stranglehold on the series if you're the Memphis Grizzlies. For the Golden State Warriors, you got to hit shots. Right now, I think they're shooting like 42% from the field. They're not shooting that great from three. 22%, I think they only made four threes in the, in the first half. So the fact that they're only down five points shooting so bad, that should give the Warriors some confidence going into the second half that they can be able to make some adjustments, get some reads, hopefully knock down some shots, and steal another game in Memphis and go back home. So, you know, it, it's it's definitely, you know, the way basketball works, man, is that sometimes bounces go your way and sometimes they don't. 
but you can be able to learn from those ones that don't go your way and you can apply it to the next quarter or the next possession or the next game. So we're going to see how Steve Kerr adjusts. We're going to see how Clay and Curry and Poole and Toscato Anderson and all these guys, how they respond in the second half of this game. But I could promise you Steph Curry ain't going to be talking no mess this game, talking about he locked up Ja. You, you, you don't lock up no Ja, especially no Steph Curry. I've never seen Steph Curry play no defense in his life, talking about lock anybody up. Who you locking up? Who? Maybe Seth? Maybe Dell at this age, you lock them up. You ain't locking up no, no NBA guards at this level. Not doing it. Not doing it. But, you know, there's no drama in this game right now. There's no drama with the game two with the Celtics and the Bucks. That was a beating from start to finish, pillar to post beating is what I call that. The drama lies in Los Angeles, y'all, like it always does. I've been gone a long time since late January, but I've seen everything. I'm paying attention to everything. I see what's going on, and I don't like it. Because I've said on this show back in August or even before that, don't trade for us. Bad things will happen. I said that when they got Dennis Schroeder, put him on the bench. Because if you put him in the starting lineup, you're going to have issues because he's an egomaniac. I've said these things that fall on deaf ears. Genie, you need to start to listen to me. Don't listen to Magic. Don't listen to Kirk Rambis. Don't listen to Palinka. Don't listen to Phil. Don't listen to all the people that you have in your brain trust that don't know what the hell is going on. The Lakers are in trouble, and the reason why they're in trouble is because the owner has no idea who she needs to speak to, or she has no idea that she's the owner. That it doesn't matter what the brain trusts tell you. You have the final say. So when they tell you, hey, Jeannie, you know, maybe we don't need to sign Caruso back because of cap penalty purposes. You're supposed to look at that person and say, was Caruso on the championship team? Did he start the game six that kind of switched that game around and led us to blow the heat out and win the championship in the bubble? Was, was it that guy that started in that game? Yeah, sign him. I don't care what the paycheck is. I don't care what the penalty is. We're the Lakers. We don't care about penalties. We make that type of money in sock sales for the year. You kidding me? This is a team that's talking about pinching pennies and worrying about luxury tax when you just got a over a hundred million dollar deal to rename your building just take off the staples and put crypto arena on it this is the team that we're talking about that's penny pinching on a roster with two bona fide top 10 players that are in win now mode you penny pinching that's the problem that's the problem here. And then you got Kurt Rambis, who's supposed to be the consultant for the coaches. Why? What has Kurt Rambis done in his career to get that title? Sit down with coaches and go over game plans? Have we seen Kurt Rambis coach at the next level, at this level? He was horrible. 
He was horrible with the Wolves. And that's why he never got a real opportunity again. Because he was so bad. And then when he got to the Knicks and he had to fill in after that, he was even worse. But that's the guy you're going to trust to tell the coaches what to do? Okay. And then what, what else is the problem? Is that you always have to hire somebody from the inside. They have to be Lakers. They have to be Lakers. They have to have some type of Laker pedigree. Like, bullshit. Why does it have to be that? Some good coaches actually didn't come from the Lakers. Newsflash. Oh, it's a shock. Shock the genie. Did Phil Jackson have ties when Jerry Buss signed his ass? No. He was a Chicago guy, wasn't he? Bulls dynasty. Ring a bell? Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Yeah, you seen those guys on TV? That's who he signed. That's who he got to go coach his Lakers to five championships. Not, hey, we got to make sure that they, hey, they come from Laker lineage. What does that mean? What does it mean? Coming from Laker lineage now, what does it mean? Nothing. Because you have guys like Rob Palenka in the front office. You have Kurt Rambis that don't know what the hell they're doing. They're putting this roster together. That's putting all these old-ass pieces on this team together. Because why? You made the decision to go get Russell Westbrook. No matter if LeBron James nudged you in that direction, you chose to pull the trick at the end of the day. And then Jeannie Buss, oh, well, I guess that's a good idea. No, it's not. Watch basketball. Maybe you'll understand what a good idea is. That's the person that I want to hear from as a Laker fan, Jeannie Buss. I don't want to hear from Rob Palenka, who's going to gaslight me. I don't want to hear from Kurt Rambis, who never has an intelligent word to say. I don't want to hear from them. I want to hear from Jeannie. Because how a brain trust supposed to work is that they say, hey, Jeannie, you know, I think you should do this or we should do this. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the game plan. Here's the strategy. They put out this big, nice spreadsheet of numbers and all this analytics and all that crap. And you can say, okay, that's great. But here's what we're going to do. And I don't care what you tell me. This is the final word. It's time for her to get out of the shadows of her father and stop living in that particular realm because she's not Jerry Buss at all. So try to have your own identity. That's all you need to do. That's all I'd like to see is some competence from my owner. It's getting ridiculous. This coaching search, they're doing things, oh, so, you know, unconventional. Everybody else does it the right way. You're hot, you, you know, you, you, you have all of these candidates that you, you, you have these guys on the list and then you eliminate and then you have second and third interviews and you have a powwow and then you decide to pick your coach. No, 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 not the Lakers. No, we're going we're gonna to go after people that are already hired. They, they're already coaching right now. Those are the guys we're going to go after. Got, well, you have guys like Mark Jackson. Sam Cassell would be a great coach. Darvin Ham, I think, would be a decent coach. I don't think he'll be better than Sam, though. But Mark Jackson's my guy. He should not have any other job. And if I ever see another rumor about him getting signed or him being the next head coach of NBA Siberia, I'm going to lose it. If the Lakers lose Mark Jackson to NBA Siberia, what is there to root for for me? What? 
that we can hope that Nick Nurse says yes and that we got to give up more draft compensation to go get him? We don't have any picks. We're going to have to give up seven draft picks just to trade Russell Westbrook and his bum ass, Westbrick. And I hope he hears that too. As low as my podcast is on a totem pole, I hope he hears it. Westbrick, bum, $42 million wasted. Another $47 million going to be wasted because he has delusions of grandeur. He still thinks that he's this high-level player when he's not, and he hasn't been in quite some time. But this is the Lakers that we're dealing with now. Delusions of grandeur. Delusions of time past, of days of old when they were actually great. When they did things great, when they had smart people running the organization. When they had guys like Jerry West that they didn't ostracize and kick out of the organization. When he was actually building a winner, he was here. When Phil Jackson was left to be a coach and dominate with the great players that he had, it was Jerry Buss that allowed him to do that. You see what's going on here? So the fact that Jerry Buss is not here and we got this little gangly one championship since then, you think that everything is fixed and you know what you're doing? Any dumb owner can run into a championship as long as you got great players. That doesn't mean that you're a great organization. That doesn't mean that you're doing things great. That means that you just got lucky. And I'm a Laker fan that can say that. Because what I'm seeing now is a team that has no idea what they're doing. And they're floundering. They're grasping at straws. They're trying desperately to keep LeBron James happy. And that's fine. But guess what? If you don't know what you're doing, how are you supposed to keep anybody happy? So I'm going to sit here and watch this whole thing unfold. And pray to the basketball gods that my owner wakes up one day and actually has some sense. Moving on, moving on. My issue <laughs> with Baker Mayfield is that certain athletes are clueless. Certain celebrities, certain people of high stature have really poor self-awareness. They do. It's more like They've been told that they've been great their whole lives and they have no idea what it's like to fail. Or they're the constant underdog where they feel like they have to be this way and rub everybody the wrong way when they really don't have to be. I think that's Baker. I think Baker just doesn't understand how to just chill, how to just be cool. He always has to have a gripe. He always has to have something going on. Always has to have an issue. They got an issue with me. They didn't treat me good. So I don't want to be a Brown anymore. They got a better quarterback. And they were willing to take a guy that has some legal troubles over you. That should be a wake-up call for you to say, you know what? Maybe I need to work on myself. Maybe I need to work on my leadership qualities. Maybe I need to work on my game. Because I'm not that great. I'm actually kind of trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you look in the mirror and say, yeah, yeah. I need to fix myself. <laughs> That's what Baker needs to do. And the fact that 
Rumor has it that the trade broke down at the draft. He was supposed to end up with the Seahawks, and the Seahawks said, nah, I'm not giving up that type of draft conversation. What you want, a seventh-round pick for Baker? Nah, 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 I don't want to give up a seventh. Nope, not doing it. Like, that's where they are right now. So now the Browns are desperate to move him because they thought that they would have had a trade by now, and they got to move that $18.9 million deal, which is really, really funny. The fact that they have two quarterbacks now holding up a lot of change on that team. And what happens if they can't move it? They're going to have to cut them and eat it. It's funny. Do I feel sorry for the Browns? Absolutely not. Can't feel sorry for the Browns. The Browns. <laughs> the hell do I care about the Browns? Ugly jersey, ugly helmets, ugly stadium, terrible fans. I don't care. But it's just funny to me how a guy that has been handed everything in an organization turns around and looks at them like they're the problem. It's interesting. That's like you getting mad at somebody that's mad at you. How about you find out why they're mad and try to fix it? No, you're going to get mad at me because I'm mad at you. What kind of immature nonsense is that? Oh, well, they don't want me, so I'm... Hey, get out of here, dude. Just tuck your tail between your legs and go somewhere else. Work on your game. Work on yourself. Coming up after the break, Mets and the Yankees are both in first place. Which team is more sustainable than the other? I wonder. On a Tuesday night, it's all even. Welcome back, y'all. Mets and the Yankees got New York buzzing right now. Both teams are in first place. The Yankees have won 11 straight games. That deserves an applause, I'm telling you. So, yeah, they've been playing well. Aaron Judge, him and Anthony Rizzo have a combined 18 home runs and like 40 RBIs or something like that. They're They're doing their thing. They're leading their teams. They are mashing the ball they're hot hitters right now and they're just doing they're doing what they got to do you know this is a, a home run based team it's home runs and when they're when they're hitting them they can win a lot of games when they're not hitting them they can lose a lot of games but the pitching staff is actually playing very very well they're pitching well I think Garrett Cole's ERA is now to three he's gotten it going Jordan Montgomery and Severino are pitching very well right now. So the Yankees are rolling. And the Mets on the other side of town, rolling as well in first place. They just took the doubleheader from the Braves today. I was there yesterday and saw the Braves acting crazy in that stadium. Those Braves fans are disgusting. Doing the chop and all that in city. Like, you don't do that in Queens. We don't do no chops in Queens, man. But I'm I'm happy that we righted the ship today, took two from the Braves. You know, we're in first place by a mile right now. Both teams are playing well. But the question is, who's more sustainable than who? Who has the formula to be able to maintain this throughout an entirety of a baseball season? I'm a Mets fan. So it might sound biased, but I think the Mets have more staying power than the Yankees. Here's why. The starting pitching. Although we're missing Jacob DeGrom. Although you got Taiwan Walker who's in and out of the lineup. Although we don't really know what Carrasco is going to give us. The fact that you have Scherzer, 
you have McGill, you have Bassett, those three, and then you have the Grom coming back like you're getting a trade acquisition, that, to me, is sustainable. The offense, very balanced. You got power guys, you got contact guys, you got guys that can be able to get on base. That is balanced, and that type of balance is going to allow you to be sustainable. Defense up the middle. I think the Yankees are really, really good up the middle defensively, but when you got an all-star gold glove shortstop, it makes everything else easy. Everything. So I think the Mets have more staying power, and the fact that I, I think Buck Showalter is a way better manager than Aaron Boone is. It's not even close. That gives the Mets the edge. But both teams are very good. I'm not saying that the Yankees are going to slip off and go into the tank. I'm just saying that the type of team that the Mets have, it's more sustainable that they can continue to dominate like this. The Yankees are good. I love Aaron Judge. Hell, Aaron Judge may just change jerseys next season. You know, since they don't want to give him his money. Since he turned down that $270 million deal, whatever it was, we'll give him the three. We'll give him the 325 if he wants it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Cohen has no problem opening up the book. We're going to pay our guys. We'll have the judges' chamber in Queens, man. You don't need to have it in the Bronx no more. And by the way, I'd like to make a comment, too, about trash fans that bombard other people's ballparks when their teams are not playing. I was at the game yesterday. My boy and his son. And watching the game, you know, the Braves are beating up the Mets and things don't look good. And all of a sudden we hear, the Yankees. We love the Yankees. The Yankees are great. And everybody's like, yo, the Yankees ain't playing right now. They playing somewhere else. What are you talking about Yankees here? We in Queens. Why do you get a kick out of that? Why do people like to do that? Why do you go to a game where your teammate playing, there's two other teams playing, and you got a nerve to shout out your team? Who cares? Nobody cares. Well, we were 10 in a row. Nobody cares. Not here. Nobody cares about that type of information here. Go to the Bronx with that nonsense. I say the same thing to Mets fans that go to the Bronx and pull that nonsense. We don't want that type of smoke up there, man. We got our own ballpark. We can be able to do what we want to do here. Celebrate and high-five and curse people out on whatever we want to do in Queens. We don't need Yankee fans coming in here. You go, Yankees. Go to the Bronx with that nonsense. Or maybe you're too scared to go to the Bronx so you go to, you go to Queens games because it's closer. It's more safe. <laughs> Get out of here with that nonsense. Never understood that day in my life. Just, I just don't get it. What what do you get out of that? Yeah, well, I'm a yank. <laughs> I just looked at the dude like, yo, you got to be the biggest square ever. You must have been the kid that got picked last every time. And when you got older and you got a little money, you got you to gotta show off now. You got to make yourself known because you were so insignificant as a child. That's probably where it comes from. Hmm, I wonder. Coming up after the break, 
the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's all even. This is Cigar Gents and Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. We pick candidates on Tuesdays and Saturdays, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So, I have been gone a long time, but Streets is watching. We always watching. And there's a candidate. It's definitely a candidate. May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is... Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. The entire front office, the entire coaching staff, the entire scouting department, everybody that had something to do with one of the worst draft classes I have ever seen. The Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones are my candidate for. Because, yeah. ladies and gentlemen of the jury, let me get this straight. The Cowboys go bargain bazaar shopping in free agency. They never go crazy in free agency because that's not what they do. They live in the draft. They they do things in the draft. They draft their own. They pay their own. Okay. So we wait until the draft and wait for some good talent to come off the board. And there's some good talent that's still left on the board. And here come the Cowboys at 24. And we're like, oh, are we getting the kid out of Iowa? Are we getting the tackle out of Iowa? No. We take the guy that holds the most in college football. That's the guy you get, a project. Then you get another guy who's maybe a third down rusher in Williams. Maybe not an every down back, um, every down guy. Eh, another project. Then you get the wide receiver. Another project. Hands are not that great. Fundamentals are not that great. Can run a 4-4, though. Great, solid. All these guys are just projects. And Jerry Jones had the nerve to pull up his draft card or his sheet and show the press and say, hey, look, we had these guys rated higher than the other guy. No, that just means that you're just dumb. That's what it means. You're just proving how stupid you are. And as Cowboy fans, we've been gaslighted for so long to believe that this man wants to win. He doesn't want to win. He just wants his face plastered all over every television on planet Earth. That's what he wants. And we're the dummies. We're the dummies for believing that he wants to win. He doesn't care. This draft just showed me he don't care. There's so many good players out there. He picked the worst ones. When Mel Kuyper gives you a C-plus grade in a draft... That means that he's really not trying to embarrass you, but a C-plus is basically an F. That's how bad they were. Talking about, <laughs> these are these are all high-risk picks. <laughs> that's what Mel Kuyper said with his, with his crazy behind. High-risk picks, yeah. That's a, that's a 
Mel Kuyper way of saying, eh, this ain't it, man. This ain't it. But of course, they're the ones that did it. And he's going to go, <laughs> he's going to go air out Stephen Jones here. Stephen Jones chose Taco. I chose, I chose Micah. I mean, we, we, nobody thinks that Stephen Jones is a competent man. This man didn't want to pay Lawrence in the offseason. He didn't want to pay Demarcus Lawrence. And Lawrence had to call Jerry to get the contract done. So we ain't we ain't dealing with Steven's cheap ass. We ain't dealing with him. Tightwad Steven Jones. Get him out of here. But the fact that you're trying to gaslight your fans, gaslight the NFL, gaslight the reporters and talk about you had these dudes rated higher. Craziness. Nuts. And shouts to my guys in Canada, man. Cowboys can't fan. They're always very, very supportive of the Cowboys. They're very supportive of me. So shouts to my boys out there. But, man, listen, this ain't it, man. This draft is bad. And we all got to admit it. Once we admit it, that we can be able to be better people and be better for it. But if we keep lying to each other, say, you know what? This pick has potential. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. We got to teach a guy, stop holding like he's a child in kindergarten. No, don't don't hold him. Don't hold him, Jimmy. Don't grab him. You got to be on the other side. The object of being an offensive lineman is not to hold. It's to have your skills, have your hand speed up, your footwork, how you backpedal, how you're able to laterally move, not grab somebody and throw them to the ground like this is UFC. What's wrong with the Cowboys? Of all the offensive guys you can get offensive linemen, you get the, you get the worst one. People just laughing at us, man. And to see Mike McCarthy's stupid face up there with deer in the headlights, it just bothers me even more. I just, I want to fight. Every time somebody talks about the Cowboys nowadays, I want to fight. I want to fight. That, that's what type of mode I'm in. That's, what, that's how they get me. I want to fight now. People talk bad about the Cowboys, now we got to fight. That's what they do to you, man. They just make you wildly, overly emotional because they just do stupid stuff. Simple things they make hard. And they shopping in the bargain bazaar bin at Jamaica Avenue. That's what they doing. You know the nice Nike stores and the nice sneaker stores? Nah, nah, nah. They going to the bargain bazaar store with the barrel in the front trying to find two pairs of shoes. That's what they doing. I'm sick of it, man. So to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys organization, the draft analysts that they pay for, the draft gurus, you guys are thrift store losers, but possibly winners for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. See you guys on Saturday. Got some big changes coming up on the horizon, so look out for that for the All Even Podcast. I wanted to end on this note. Um, my mother passed in February, and you know she was my biggest supporter. And it's going to be very, very tough to go through life without my number one cheerleader and my best friend. But I had to come back because she wanted me to do this. She would always tell me how how good I was and that I, I need to keep pushing on no matter how tough things got. Now I was always a... A champion in her eyes. I was always the best in her eyes. You know, there's almost no words I can be able to put out there to 
numb the pain and erase the hurt and all the emotions that I feel. But doing this makes me happy. Doing this makes me feel like myself. And it took time to get back here. I, I, I took a while for me to just be able to sit here and have any words come out. And I got that sign from her. And that's why I was able to do this show today. So um, I always said to her that, you know, we got more work to do. We got more places to destroy and pillage. Um, but I'll do the work now. I'll make you proud. I'll make sure that I continue the legacy that you, you left behind. The hard work and legacy, the... No nonsense legacy that you left behind. So until next time, tell your parents you love them. Always make sure that you appreciate the people that are in your life that fight hard for you and are always in your corner. Stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. My son is the champ. So... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.